You vote for Joe Biden. Count your days. Hello and welcome to another episode of Literary Liberation Podcast. Today we'll be discussing and analyzing and reviewing a book I actually found through Twitter called This Is How You Lose the Time War by Amal El Matar and Max Gladstone. We'll be posting a lightly edited version on our Patreon, which is at Literary Liberation. For more content outside of the podcast, please check out our Instagram and TikTok at Literary Liberation and our Twitter at LitLib Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kristen. You can find me at KRXXTXN on all social media platforms. But I'm your co-host, Mariah, and you can find me at Hungry Rye on all social media platforms. Okay, give give us the rundown of what happened with Twitter. What were you doing? You were scrolling? I was scrolling through Twitter. This is a while ago. This is kind of not before. It was post-Elon Musk owning Twitter, but pre-Twitter being as shitty as it is now. Probably over the summer. When did this tweet come out? Because I think I saw it whenever it was like going viral. I can put a picture of the tweet in too. May 7th. So maybe that was before Elon Musk bought it. I don't know. But somewhere around there, I saw this tweet that says, read this picture of the book. Do not look up anything about it. Just read it. It's only like 200 pages. You can download it on Audible and it's only like four hours. Do it right now. I'm very extremely serious. And I think actually my boyfriend saw that tweet, Tyler, and he was like, this book sounds really good. I don't know anything about it, but we should get it and we should read it. I was like, okay, let's get it. So we ordered it, I guess forever ago. We ordered it and got it in and and it's been sitting on my bookshelf. I mean, not as long as some other books that have been sitting, honestly. So good on me for getting to it this year. I bought this book this year and I'm reading it this year. That's good on me. You know how many books I buy and do not read them that year that I purchase them? Probably 90% of the books that I buy. Um, So I read it and yeah. And I made Mariah read it to talk about it with me because we never do my suggestions for books. It's true. I usually just pick bad books. Yeah, but I guess you don't think I picked a very good book either. I mean, I guess that's up for debate. We'll see as we like progress through we'll it. I had heard it. nothing about this book at all. I didn't you're even... not on Twitter really though. Like you're on Twitter, but you no. don't use Twitter. Correct. Yeah, which I am. I probably am on Twitter every day. I think I use it maybe not as much as I use TikTok, but definitely a significant amount of my time goes towards Twitter as well now. It's become less and less since... It's become more of a shit show. But since I think I'm a lot, this is a lot more Twitter book, but there are people on TikTok that are talking about it. And I think their videos are pretty, like, popular. Like, it's not like they're, like, underground. No, there's a lot of, like, mainstream book talkers that I saw that had been reviewing this book and raving about this book when I was scrolling through the hashtag for it. So, it definitely has a following. I think that Twitter, that tweet tweet did make it an impact blow it up. I think it's good to read stuff that maybe necessarily isn't as popular. I think that's one thing that I know I kind of fall into a trope where it's somebody, I don't read probably as much as, like, Mariah or other book talkers and stuff like that in general where they're always like oh I've read a thousand books this year and stuff like that I think I'm definitely a much more like average consumer of books where I like to do other things in the meantime instead of just read where like I think most book talkers and Mariah like that is your form of reading when I prefer to watch television movies play video games and do other things and also read and I still have read a decent amount I'm at 45 books this year so it's not like I'm not reading but I think it's good to read more things that maybe aren't necessarily like good reads top 100 books for 2023 or something and I do think that's something that I end up falling into that trope a lot because whenever you don't read as much as other people 
people, it's a lot harder to find books that matter. You want to make sure they're worth your time because you're taking time out of doing something else that could be easily entertaining. Though. I'd have to agree because a book is a big investment. It's a big time sink regardless of what you're reading. Even if it's an audiobook and you have it on two's time speed, like it's going to be longer than any movie or an episode of a TV show that you're going to watch. People are saying that the audiobook for this is only four hours, which I think probably would have been faster than I read this book. Because I do agree with the criticisms where it's very wordy. And so you kind of have to like, I had to like reread a few things a couple times. I was looking through um, reviews on Goodreads of like the the one star or two star reviews. And that was one of the biggest criticisms is that like people were rereading paragraphs over and over again. Because like sentence by sentence, it makes sense. Yes. Reading it as a whole. Yep. It can it's go over your head. I don't yeah. know. So a lot of people think it's very pretentious. It can be difficult to follow. And it's kind of a time sink with debatable uh, payoff. Like, it can you, I've seen people really enjoy it or they really hate it or they DNF it. Which I, I understand. you wanted to DNF it. But Thought of it. because of scheduling conflicts within our podcast, it, it I think that's the main contributing factor on why you finished this book. Because um, we've obviously have been very pro-Palestine on our social media accounts and us in general we have talked about that but the issue is is that we planned out things for the month out and these authors have now come out and not been pro-Palestine so we do not want to support them on our podcast or talk about them in any positive way so we kind of had to reschedule everything and this was one of the books that we were like oh we're gonna do a podcast on but then Mariah was like hating it so we're like okay we'll just do another novel but then it ended up like less than 200 pages it's only it's not long at all but yet it was a struggle it was very difficult and i actually finished this before you did and that rarely happens where i finished a book before you did and i think that's a testament because like i won't say i love this book this was not like i'm living dying breathing by this book i thought it was fine I enjoyed some parts more than others, and I think it definitely can be, like, thought-provoking in ways if you're not confused. But I think that's also the issue with the medium of books and time travel. Time travel in general is very confusing. Because you gave it, like, a 3.5 star, Mm -hmm. right, out of 5 on Goodreads, which is pretty decent for your ratings. I don't think, I think it's like, it's like a little bit better than a mid book. It's definitely like, uh, if the, I think like I, potential. it definitely, I like the premise. I was very interested in like how it was going to play out and stuff like that. But I do think the writing style, not like the, like the style, because it's kind of is very letter based. It'll be like two or three pages of, I guess, like how the main character. So the the premise of this book is there are two characters, red and blue. They are working for opposite, I don't know what you want to call them, like... So we just give a summary before we get yeah. into reviews? Yeah. Because maybe that'll make sense. I can read it off if you want. Yeah, you I can read it. From the book, because mm-hmm. trying to come up with my own summary was... After you reading it? <laughs> I, I was like, I need to read, read this. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I just read. <laughs> but the summary says, um, in the ashes of a dying world, Red finds a letter marked burn before reading signed by blue so begins an unlikely correspondence between two rival agents in a war that stretches through the vast reaches of time and space red belongs to the agency quote-unquote a post-singularity technotopia blue belongs to quote-unquote the garden um as which is a single vast consciousness embedded in all organic matter their past are bloody and their futures mutually exclusive 
They have nothing in common, save that they're the best and they're alone. Now, what began as a battlefield boast grows into a dangerous game. One, both red and blue are determined to win because winning's what you do at war, isn't it? Like that's the TLDR of the book, mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially. It sounds great. Like reading just that. The synopsis makes it sound like great. And I do think that the idea and the whole premise of it is a really good idea. I just don't think this book was the best possible medium for it. I look at this book and I say this would be a perfect TV show. If this was made on like an eight episode limited series, this would be probably one of the highest rated like TV shows to come out. And I don't know if they're working on anything like that. But I just think that this medium as a book was not the best way to visualize this in ways where at least like with the descriptions and things like that, it's kind of hard to follow along in ways where if you can visually see like the different because it is a time travel story, like we're jumping back and forth from like way in the past to like way in their future. It's like back and forth, like from the first time they met to the middle of the meeting. It's different times for everyone and I think where if you're in like at least in like a movie or a tv show setting you can easily visualize when like the younger character is reading the letter versus whenever an older version of that same character is reading a letter and I think it's very hard to come across like within this book of fiction where you can't easily distinguish like what has happened in this person's life for them to be consuming this letter and what it means to them at that point in their life because it's time travel yeah I would have to agree because I gave the book like a three star rating and it's beautifully written like the letters the love letters that they write each other oh my god it's (laughs) I would never had a partner talk to me like that (laughs) don't look at me like that (laughs) you gotta read this Brandon and you'll understand it's crazy but then the plot is so convoluted at times and I don't know what's happening and I guess that's part of it like it seems like oh you're supposed to feel lost and just embrace it no that's not me it's like the first hundred pages of Crescent City if it was that was the whole book exactly but worse (laughs) almost worse because of the time traveling because they're bouncing all over the place like there's no consistent real plot line outside of them finding letters and communicating to each other and with those run-on one-sided dialogues very it is a very complex book which i wonder if maybe because like i think this makes it better to read it as like people that can discuss it instead of reading it and just sitting it alone with your thoughts i think that would make it very hard to enjoy this it was one of the only books i think i've ever owned which i was showing Kristen because we have different um editions of the book where mine had book club questions for people to like explore the book further and i don't think i've ever had that at the end of a book that i can remember i definitely have had that in books maybe not for like book club but usually it'll be like like novels that you read with like school but i don't think this is something you should be reading in school either i mean i guess you could read it with school like if you had a pretentious english teacher so Kristen did a lot of the I did additional research, research the for the authors. I did not do this. Um, <laughs> this part's not me. Um, well, I can talk about then what I did for my research. So I think with this com- current political climate, a lot of the time you can see what they think through their social medias. Yes? Would you agree? Yeah. So Twitter has this amazing feature where if you go to someone's Twitter account, there's a little search bar next to your name. You can click on it. You can type in whatever word you want, and it'll show you all the tweets with that word in it. So I looked through a few words. So for Miss Amal El Omatar, I'm not sure exactly how that's pronounced it, but um, 
the there's two authors one is a man one is a woman from what i can that is what they identify as i'm assuming there's is from what i could tell um but uh amal she is a canadian poet and a writer of speculative fiction and she's pretty much done any type of like written work you think of magazines poetry fiction essays reviews she's done it all she um from she has other like short stories and stuff that have won awards and things like that but this is one of the most popular ones this has won quite a few book awards actually whatever the locust hugo and nebula awards are i don't know what those are but this book has won it um so I went to her Twitter and the first thing you see on her Twitter is pro-Palestine things, which is great. We love pro-Palestine. Exactly how you should be, especially somebody using their platform to talk about that, which is great. But if you look, I looked up at her tweets, I looked, uh, Trump was one of the first things I looked. And she criticizes Trump and about how he speaks about liberals and things like that. But I looked up Biden. She has not said one thing about Joe Biden at all. So that could be good or... That could be good or bad. There's no criticizing of him with how he's handling the situation about funding Israel or anything like that. It's just been actively like pro-Palestine and how we should be like supporting Palestine in this stuff. But from the way that like whenever you look up Trump during Trump's presidency, there's hundreds of tweets of her criticizing Trump. Very political person, as you can tell. But then to have the obvious silence on any criticization of Joe Biden in this election cycle very much gives to me personally liberal vibes because, as we know, whenever Joe Biden got back into office, liberals suddenly think that life is back to normal, nothing, our country is not a shit show anymore, and that they can sit there and put their rose-colored glasses back on and see the the world as this amazing place well don't you know because whenever a liberal liberal is in office democracy is safe it's yes. sacred mm-hmm. so but this is not me saying that like oh my god like this is such a horrible thing to do i just think it's very interesting to see that these people are very political whenever they think fascism their idea of fascism is on its way into work but whenever people like joe biden who are currently upholding the same standards that Trump was holding. And obviously, Joe Biden is not openly homophobic, Islamophobic, or, like, very openly these things. But the things that he does within our country behind the scenes are still upholding these ideas of white supremacy and not saying anything about it is very interesting. Also, she's Canadian. (laughs) So I just have to also, like, put that out there. Like, I guess I should have looked up Justin Trudeau. I did not look up that um okay but i I didn't that max gladstone was a man oh it's his picture's on the back of mine that's how i knew the man and a woman here but why that's that's another thing like a cishet white man not that i i did not see anything about his sexuality in any way shape or form but i also was not really looking like that because i didn't know even no offense to gay men but i don't know how often they should be writing sapphic romances oh somebody else wrote about this too there's a review on here about how he's a man writing the perspective of a queer woman very suspicious things which i was also going to move into um mr max gladstone is a fantasy author he's published other novels and stuff like that that are more big in the fantasy scene but then again 
both of these people do not have science fiction backgrounds, and I wonder if that plays into how this novel works out, since neither of these authors have science fiction. Just because you write fantasy does not mean you write science fiction. That is a hill I will die on. And I think this shows that this can be like a weaker novelization than somebody who maybe is specifically a science fiction writer could probably have done. But I don't know. This guy, he's not very active on social media. His profile picture on Twitter is still Writers Guild on Strike, which as we know, being in we're currently at the end of November at the time of recording this. Um, the Writers Guild strike has been over for two months now, just about. And his profile picture is still the Writers Guild are on strike. But I did see him retweeting some things earlier in November about him talking about his books being on sale on Kindle specifically. But he hasn't said one thing about Israel or Palestine or anything about that. Which is problematic at this point in time. Like. At this point in time, it is problematic. And it's not that we're saying that, oh... This guy needs to pick a side, either. No. Or, that, like, them saying it is gonna somehow, like, magically give the world a solution to the, mm -hmm. like, settler colonial violence that Palestinians are facing on a day-to-day -day basis. However, if you have a platform, and you're making money, and you claim at points, or, like, in your, your books, to be fighting for something, some sort of cause, it is strange that they don't contextualize that into real world and i do feel like there is like an under they try to make it apolitical because it's like futuristic in this novel or novella however you want to fucking call it it's considered um, a novella according to wikipedia it doesn't make can i okay let, let's do a little little reach do you find it strange when you read science fiction novels or anything based in the future and it's still like capitalistic existing within yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the lens of, like a class-based society like, I, just because they like abolish sexual and like gender roles and that aspect of like patriarchal ideology doesn't mean that like i don't well i'm not somebody that consumes a lot of let's say science fiction novels i don't really i never really have been really into science fiction but my boyfriend he is very into science fiction watches like all of the west world and all of like any of like those like science fiction because i think science fiction in movies and tv is very big it's a very big genre of things where i don't know if people are using it as a form of escapism and stuff like that but i've noticed that in these like futuristic things it's always like to me usually they're giving vibes of critiquing capitalism in many ways because they're like but i just don't see like at this current stage of how like far we are into like late stage capitalism for it going on another hundred years it's weird but like these shows and these movies these books they're predicting as if we're still going to be living in this capitalist society for hundreds thousands of years maybe and i just don't and that's the thing is that even like when Karl marx has like discussed writing about capitalism and stuff he says it's not like a long-term solution for anything and I don't know if it's just supposed to be, like, fantasy in, like, a way where they're like, oh, we're in the good part of capitalism now, and then once it goes this far, then it'll be bad, you know? Where it's a very much, like, privileged take of it. And I'm not sure, like, that's the thing about these people is that the same thing with this guy, he tweeted a bunch about Trump, criticizing Trump, and then in 2020, he endorsed Biden, and he donated $500 to his campaign. So, to me- money. Even though, like, yeah, five hundred dollars is. I mean, obviously, it's not like a big donation. Towards, like, that's five hundred dollars more than I have to put towards a political candidate I even like. You know, if I was to donate money, anytime I donated to a campaign, which I donated to Bernie Sanders back in like twenty sixteen, I only had like five dollars to donate. You know, so it's just 
interesting that and i wonder i don't know enough about science fiction in general but it almost seems liberal like wet dream i think it can be it I, like i say this as somebody like exclusively reading like my sci-fi is is ruby dixon and like her whole universe that she's created but even she takes it a step further like with ice planet barbarians you have like this anarcho-primitive society um, different societies within her realm that she has created are a lot more like egalitarian except like earth which is in like a post-apocalyptic like, dragon run a rift opens up but they still maintain a lot of like principles of capitalism and like gender roles but it does like seem to progress and get better as like other things happen i don't know but it does seem to like happen like it like space capitalism is a thing I, I don't like it. I don't know why. It has to exist. Like, it's fantasy. Just take it. Full send it. I just, I don't, I just wonder if maybe, because it's not like I've not read many, like, three, like, big capitalism novels, just because, like, I don't even know what to read. So I just don't know if maybe people are just writing what they know. That's, like, what they say to do. Write what you know. And the only thing that any of us really knows, especially in, like, without doing external research yourself, you're only gonna know capitalism. And so, that's why I wonder if they- To me, this almost, like, lacks so much, like, political foundation. Like, it's just, like, there's, like, no politics versus- or, like at all it's just like two like not even like i guess like superpowers or like world powers fighting against each other but you don't really know exactly like what they believe because like one is like could be like eco-fascist because they are like the nature side of things and there are like eco-fascists like within our society and stuff like that and like the fact is that we don't know enough about like what these you know what you want to call them like these groups of people like, you don't know enough about what they believe to even know what side to root for. Like, all we know is that Garden is everything organic. So, like, basically, like, Poison Ivy from the Batman comics and DC Universe, like, how she advocates for that because she realizes, like, humans are destroying it. That's essentially, like, what's happening with Blue. And then as for Red... I don't know. A just... technology... Well, like, technology <laughs> in what way? Because, like, that's the thing is that, like... And I think but there's, like, nanobots, but... It doesn't make sense, and I think this is where it gets convoluted, and I understand that people stand this book because it's so pretty and whatnot, but it's it's lacking a lot. It definitely is beautifully written in, like, a way you could say, and, like, I just want anybody to know who's, like, listening to this or watching this, like, we're talking about this very broadly. To be honest, I don't even know if we could really talk about this specifically except for the last 50 pages of this book. And those were arguably the best 50 pages of the book. Yeah, I guess maybe, like, 45-ish or... 30-ish pages like it was like basically i say now we can get into spoilers because there's really only one spoiler that i think you could do for this book right oh and that it's like a Don a donnie darko type um like bootstrap paradox like it has to be continuation like they both save each other or do things in well, their I'm past we could just go into spoilers now just like that that's like in. essentially it. it's like a, like a donnie darko romeo and juliet type of retelling I don't know how to explain it any other way unless you've seen that movie. I have not no seen kind of Darko, so. Romeo and Juliet, like how they're like I destined do get, to be like, together. Romeo and Juliet vibes, definitely. But like, I don't know, because like time travel itself is very, and I'm very thankful that it can never happen, right? We can agree that it'll never happen. Like, There's no way that you go back in time, correct? I know there's some like people that are like, well, you don't know. 
I think we do know. There, at least there's no way that us, any human that lives on this earth is going to figure out time travel. I don't know like what other species and other planets, what kind of powers they have, but I don't think, especially not in our lifetime, but I don't know how much longer the earth will last after our lifetime either though. Um, There will be no type of time travel and I think it's good because there's so many conflicting ideas on how time travel would work anyways because there's like this is kind of like a butterfly effect like way but then the way that they describe it is that like it's a hair and it's braided and then you take one strand of hair you move it and that affects the entire course of it instead of making a new strand of reality something instead of like it being like i guess like a parallel universe situation it's more of like a a cause and effect yeah that's like what it boils down to i i guess but then, it like, kind of is following in line with like doctor who and the timelines that they have for the most part but is it because like i don't understand why the these two like world powers just don't go back in time to like the beginning of the earth being formed they could just duke it out right there can't they and then whoever wins there that's gonna affect the rest of the strand right wouldn't that be like something that could the happen? logical conclusion to hit the root of the like instead <laughs> of we going into to like... all these different points of interest because like they kind of go throughout history but then they also go into the future but i feel like the only like major historical thing that is mentioned is the mongols and like red goes to visit with the mongols or and atlantis. lives with them but is atlantis even i thought atlantis was fake so did i i'm gonna be honest isn't it <laughs> is it i don't know i what are you looking for? The, see this is where we get into um joseph oh. Stalin's dialectical <laughs> and historical materialism and analyzing history um and getting to the root of our issues that is the viewpoint in which we are attacking and addressing the plot of this this book mm-hmm. and i think if you are not maybe you're an anarchist i don't know maybe you don't do this that's maybe that's why people like it so much because they're not marxist i just can't see marxists enjoying this book or maybe people who are neurotypical because as a neurodivergent individual there's just not mathing right and i think that's why i think the message whatever message they were trying to portray i don't think across very well if they say like oh we weren't trying to portray a message trying to write a love story between red and blue that's a lie because as we all know like writing is very inherently political even if you're just writing a love story it's still political in some way and so that's why i think whatever message they were trying to like i don't know if they were trying to say like a mix with knowledge and being natural is what we need in society or something like that well and then if we take it and we talk about the seeker right the seeker this purplish seeker going through time and space and following red yeah i thought it was very obvious that it was like i thought it was like maybe her kid or something but i thought it was definitely something related to her and blue specifically because red and blue make purple obviously like so i was like you picked up on that i'm gonna be honest i didn't pick up on that because i was like i don't know who this (laughs) this entity is but it it just ends up being red going through the the becoming strands more and like blue becoming more purple and they both like end up consuming different parts of the other person and like they're they, they both become a little bit until they're purple and i don't know if that's the solution it's like we just need to view all viewpoints meet in the middle that sounds like a very liberal take so i honestly wouldn't be surprised if that like, kind of right doesn't that it is. what it is like yeah. oh just if we just like vote out fascism if the people want to vote in fascism that's fine like that's what the people want <laughs> this is why you need to vote blue no matter who this election season <laughs> we are not endorsing joe biden do not vote for joe biden ever you vote for joe biden
count your days. <laughs> we can make a separate episode on yeah. on the electoral college system in Lenin. Yeah. But not today. We're just talking about this. This book. This book. <laughs> um, I don't know. I it, it just lacks a lot of substance and a lot of plot. It feels like the characters are super underdeveloped and I don't feel bad for them. I don't have any emotional ties to any of them. I don't really care what happens. I just wanted the book to be over and I was so happy when it was done. Because I was like, well, I did it and I can talk about it. I just feel like podcast. it's sad whenever like, because like, you get really into it, I think the last 50 pages. That's what I think ultimately moved it from a three stars to three and a half for me was I really enjoyed the last 50 pages. But the fact that the last 50 pages are so good and then you go into like, okay, well, you're done now. If the whole book, I think, was more like the last 50 pages, it would have been better. Even if it wanted to take like this centrist idea overall. But I mean, it's a really highly rated book. It's very highly rated. I was surprised to see that it only had like 13,000 reviews on Amazon, but it had 169,000 reviews on Goodreads. So I think that is related to it blowing up. Mm-hmm. as of recently on that tweet Not, got yeah tiktok and twitter the tweet got almost 20 million views so it's a lot for twitter that's, that's a lot of people looking at a tweet for real and i guess i don't know i think a lot more people focus on the love story aspect of it more than they focus on the political part but then me and you are not very much big romance consumers i read romance before and I like I have read romance but like most of the stuff that we consume I think romance is usually subplot and not major plot so I wonder if that's made it harder for me and you personally to enjoy because maybe we're trying to view the romance as a subplot but it's the plot and I do read a lot of like like, it's usually monster romance right where like the relationships and all of that is at the front center and I think those do a better job of like world building and depicting politics like i just had kristen recently read the dragon's bride by kate roberts Uh, we can talk about that book too (laughs) but can you not say like the politics like at least it makes sense like it i think it made an effort i I won't say that it was a good effort (laughs) but you could follow it right like you knew what i do think that's very different genres of books as well that versus this specifically true <laughs> because but yeah that's the book I, I can't think of anything else to say about it because you just don't know what the intentions were and i don't know it just sits weird now that i know that max is a man because it's not to say that like men because i know there are a lot of like trans men who are lesbian um but like a, like a regular cis white man who doesn't normally write books like this who decided to write half of this book from the perspective of a queer gender non-conforming individual it just feels i don't know it doesn't it doesn't doesn't sit right yeah it's very suspicious it's definitely a weird and saying that like if amal matar wrote this herself i don't know if she's a queer woman herself so even like this is not to say that straight people should not write queer romances either. But I think making it the forefront and the popularization of your novel be like sapphic or like I always get that feeling like with uh Casey McQuinston with her red, white, and royal blue. I haven't read it, but it's a white woman, which I don't know if she's queer, but I know she's wrote other queer novels where they've been like sapphic in things too. But I think only making a, like, 
it's hard to like say like making something like the forefront of your novel like something that you can't experience or you won't experience is a very weird thing and it makes it feel like you could just be like oh well this is fictional so anything can happen sort of thing because it doesn't translate right because you know it's missing something mm-hmm. like even without knowing this until we start this podcast like reading through this it doesn't feel like romantic and I don't know like it, at times it can but it doesn't feel I think it's hard to be right. romantic whenever you never meet each other for real too like they don't ever like have a face-to-face conversation for years and years they only communicate through letters and like I just know that like at the end of the book they both live and they're, like, running off through time together to hide from, like, their respective, like, corporations or whatever. They're, like, the group of people they're running from. I just know their relationship is probably, like, five years max, for real. Because you think about, like, imagine, like, it's just, like, whenever you, like, talk to someone over text only and then you meet them in person. It's not going to translate the same. Unless it's us. Well, but we also, like, video chat and, like, face chat, you know, where we have conversations. They didn't imagine us just texting only. That would be weird. That would never. And then, like, because, like, I think everyone, like, texts and, like, writes out their thoughts so differently than how they speak them. Because, one, you sit there and you mull over the thoughts that you're going to say and you can do it. While if you're talking, you just say it. I also think... And this might be a little bit of a reach, but the way that like the book is constructed, it almost feels like a critique of like authoritarianism too, because of the higher ups and like the red side of like the technotopia. They have like jail, <laughs> jail. <laughs> so I she did locked up. It almost feels like it's like these are the um. Oh God! It's because it's like a. Push, I, I, I guess like a gulag I got a lot of it was like weird there was a weird Soviet moment I didn't I get the Soviet moment I don't know what Soviet moment you're discussing there was a Soviet moment in the book where they were talking about Soviets and I don't and like they were torturing somebody and I don't know but if it was like World War 2 sort of thing I don't know I need to double check I just remember reading that and I was like I don't know what this is supposed to be. I don't know either. And I think that's one thing, too, with, like, these people, like, not having, like, from, like, if they're not liberals, like, that's great. But you definitely are not portraying yourself as not liberal on social media. Or they're, like, a a self-described, like, leftist, leftist, quote-unquote, leftist. I hate the term leftist so much. And I hate that it's, like, popularized so much it's such a stupid phrase so stupid um do you have anything else to say do we recommend this book i would say yes if you are a big science fantasy person and a big reader you have to be both to enjoy this book if you're big into sci-fi but you're not a big reader no if you're big into reading but not big into sci-fi no (laughs) This is not going to be a book that's going to get you back into reading. And I also think maybe if you're tired of reading just like, you know, like run of the mill romance stories, maybe give this a shot if you want something more thought provoking. It's complex. Through it slower. Like read one 
chapter or one, one section. section a day. Yeah. So you can like kind of sit on it, mull it over, and maybe that would be better. But reading it all in one go, I don't think is as impactful. And I saw some other people recommend that you're supposed to like digest indulge it and over time not just in like a sitting but i could not read like that me personally i know that is not how i I read no literally like i had to like be constantly reading this pretty much i mean i read like this is the first year i've ever read more multiple books at once where last year i just read I'm giving you... I don't like it. It looks so cluttered. Everything having so many... Like, I have so many books. Like, five books on my, like, Goodreads shelf and, like, the story graph thing. I hate how much there was. Before, it used to only be one. And it was clean. And it was nice. Um, other than that, I don't think there's anything else we'd like to say about this is how you lose the time war, except for it's, like science fiction liberal fantasy if you enjoy it that's great but i don't think you should like talk shit about people that are like dnfing it or don't get it saying that they haven't like quote unquote opened up their third eye which is something that i saw in reviews like you just haven't opened up your third eye which gives off like a very like white woman moment um (laughs) i think not everybody reads to have thought-provoking like deep intellectual thoughts some people read for fun, actually. And I don't think this is a book that is meant to be read for fun, which is fine. Not everybody wants to read books for fun. Some people like to read and dissect. But I will say that this is definitely something that is not written for you to sit down and enjoy and, like, cozy up with your cup of tea. You, like, At least not for us. Twisting your hair, <laughs> kicking your feet. Like, this is not that kind of romance. I did not get any butterflies... I've read some, like, books where I've gotten butterflies for, like, the main character. I'll be like, ooh, like, this is kind of sweet. Like, this is really, like, nice. This was written beautifully, but I think it was also written too complex where you couldn't get the butterfly feelings. Like, if somebody, like, said this stuff to me, like, to my face while I was, like, sitting there talking to them, I'd be like, what are you talking about? It's almost like Shakespearean in a way. You need them to translate it on that side for you i mean i'm just like dumb it down yeah tell me what you- just say yeah. how you feel you don't need to like compare me to summer's day <laughs> but yeah um i guess if there's no clothing thoughts you can find us on our social medias and next week we will be discussing the silent, the silent patient, patient. yeah the author's Intention name. on the author not coming out as a Zionist. We have yet to see anything. Yes. We've been doing a lot more research on the books, the authors. The author um, is not on social media for that book at all, so who knows if he will actually say anything, which is not a good thing as well, but also maybe he has some th- said something somewhere and we just can't find it. Other than that, thanks for listening. We'll be back again with a thriller. Very Christmassy, huh? And if anyone has any suggestions, uh, please let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> Anything. We'll, we'll check it out. It's because we're running out of ideas. Hey, we're something. good to like February, I think. Right now. Crossing our fingers. Crossing our fingers February. that nobody comes out and says that they say anything insanely insane. But other than that, that's it. Goodbye. Goodbye.